Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Praise God. You know, I got a word from the Lord this morning for us, and I, I just pray that you open your hearts and your minds, and uh, we'd like to welcome out again all of our visitors this morning. Let's just give them a big hand, a clap of appreciation. Amen. Thank you for being here with us today. If you haven't noticed by now, we are a tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, shake-yourself-silly, amen, born again, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost Church, amen? I'll tell you what, we're excited to be in the kingdom of God, to be in God's presence, amen? It's so easy to get out of the presence of God. How many can say amen to that? It's easy to walk outside the four doors or or the, the doors of the church and walk into a totally different atmosphere, but you know, when you're strengthened in God... You can do all things through Christ who strengthen you. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to minister for just a few moments this morning. The title of the message is, Don't Be Intimidated intimidated by the Devil. Amen. Too many Christians in today's world, they're intimidated by the things that, that the devil throws at them. Amen. And I've got news for you today. We are not intimidated by anything that the devil does. We're not intimidated by his plan. We're not intimidated by his strategic plan that he has to destroy our lives. Amen? If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn over to the book of Genesis chapter 37. And for the sake of time, we have it on the board as well so we can read along. But Genesis chapter 37, verse 31 through 34, it says, And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors And they brought it to their father, and they said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it, and he said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. You know, I want to minister on this particular topic of, of, of scripture this morning, but you know, the devil, his main weapon against you and I today is always going to be fear and deception, amen? How many can be honest this morning, put your hand up and say, I have dealt with fear at one or many more times in my life. I remember a time I was traveling with Pastor Ron Jones and we were, we were flying, we were coming out of, of Panama City, Panama, And we were in this airplane, and the airplane lifted up off the ground, and just a few seconds later, we heard a loud boom. And Pastor Jones leans over to me, and he says, hey, I want you to look out that window and tell me what you see. I says, well, I'm looking out the window, and I see water, you know, and I'm, you know, young man, I just, you know, I'm brave, I'm tough, you know, no no worries. And I know he's either setting me up for something, or something's really wrong. And if you've ever traveled with Pastor Jones, it's usually that he's setting you up for something. He says, look out that window, tell me what you see. I said, well, I'll just look out there. I see, I see water. It's the ocean. You know, we're in Panama City. He said, the engine blew out in this plane, and the pilots already turned the plane around. I says, what are you talking about? Right then in that very moment, the fear just began to settle in in my spirit. I began to think, oh, my goodness, we're going to die. This is it. This is my last day. I'm gonna, something's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I began to freak out. I began to go into a panic attack, and I began to lose control of my thoughts. And sure enough, before you know it, the pilot gets on that intercom and he says, hey, no worries, we've lost an engine. He says, we'll be on the ground safely in about 20 seconds. And sure enough, in about 20 seconds, we were on the ground. Isn't that encouraging? 
Praise God. Pastor Jones looked over at me in the middle of all this. He said, do you have any unforgiveness in your heart? I said, oh, no. I love everybody. Glory to God. You know, that's a time of your life where you need to be ready. Hallelujah. But you know what? Don't wait until you're in an airplane and the engine goes out before you start to call on God. Amen? Because I got news for you. The enemy has a plan to destroy your life, and it's never what it seems to look like. Can I get an amen? You see, because he's going to deal with us in this area of fear and deception. The devil wants to divert our attention away from what God is doing in our life. Have you ever noticed in your life when something is going great and things are happening good, uh, and all of a sudden the devil's going to bring something in? You're going to lose a sale. You're going you're to uh, deal with something. You're going to fight with your wife. I know nobody fights with their wife here in this church, but I'm talking about those that are down the road in the other churches. Amen? You get in a fight. Something happens. It just doesn't work out. You know, I deal with it on a daily basis in our business. You know, just the other day I got fired from a job because, you know, I, I wasn't going to put up with, a, with an attitude. You ever just felt like that where, you know, everything is good. It's, it's a good paying job and you think it's going to happen. Everything's working out really well. It just seemed too good to be true. And then all of a sudden, somebody jumps in and starts attacking you. And, you know, sometimes you have to just understand what God's trying to do in the situation. And sometimes you have to rise up above the circumstance, above the situation, above the pain, above the torment, above the doubt, above all those things that the devil's going to throw at you. And sometimes you just have to be willing to walk away and say, you know what? I'm not going to suffer like that. It's not worth it. Uh, this is not how we live our life. Uh, I'm not going to be defeated. Uh, I am a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, uh, I have authority to tread over serpents and scorpions in all things in my life. <laughs> Amen? And you know, many Christians in their life, in their walk with God, they use that scripture out of context. They think that things will never go bad in their life. They think that, that they'll have power over everything and, and the devil's just going to do what you say. You know, and he does do what you say, but if you're not walking right with God, then the devil's not going to do what you say. You're giving the devil a stronghold in your life uh, by not uh, walking in purity with God. Now, I'm not asking you to be perfect because only, you know, we know that only Jesus Christ was perfect. There's no way we could be perfect, but the apostle Paul said it great. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. I mean, don't we want to follow a good man of God so that we can make heaven our home? Isn't that the goal, to have a good husband or a good wife that can be the lead or the example in our home that we need? You know, do you want your children following a, a great example of a mother and father in the home so that they can become who they are? Or do you want them to be another statistic like we were supposed to be? I've had some kids ask me at times, they said, you know, why do we go to church so much? Why are my parents always going to church? Well, let me give you the breaking news. The reason we come to church so much is because we as parents and grandparents are trying to undo everything we've done when we were your age. And there's no reason, there's no rhyme, we, there's no way that we can even understand that. But we can never fix what we've done, but we can fix what we're doing today, amen? We can't ever fix what the devil's tried to do. We can't ever fix what he did in our lives, uh, how he began uh, and tried to destroy us in our walk with God. Uh, but what we can do is say, devil, you are defeated. Hallelujah. My heart is right with my God, uh, and I'm going to serve him and let him lead me and guide me and direct me. Amen. You see, the devil wants to divert our attention away from the things that God's doing in our lives. How many has ever noticed that in your own life? You see the devil just step in at the wrong time, but he's getting us distracted, 
And when we look back at what we thought was real, it, be, it appears to be something totally different. He'll deceive us, like in our scripture this morning, amen? And that's the way he works. That's the way he tries to destroy us, getting us distracted. The devil has no real power over a child of God. I want you to understand that today. Young people, write that down in your Bible, that the devil, he has no real power over a child of God. Not just you young people, adults, everybody. We're all young at heart, amen? Write that down. If you're serving God, if you're living for God, if you're repented and you, you're, you're, you have a heart after God and you want to do right and conviction sets in and the power of God is able to move in your life, then you are a child of God and the devil cannot harm you. Praise God. You see, Satan deals in fear, which someone once said was an acronym for false evidence appearing to be real. How many can say amen to that? How many scenarios has the devil ever put in your life to make you feel unworthy? How many times has the devil spoken to your life, even when you feel things are going great? Uh, maybe your, your marriage is the best it's ever been, uh, and all of a sudden the devil steps in and makes you feel like just a loser of a husband. It blows my mind sometimes. I'll tell my wife, man, I was not a very good father. She tells me all the time, she says, you never change the diaper. I'm like, you know, you don't tell a man that. You don't tell a man that he never put the baby to bed, amen, because we, we, we're going to sit there and we're going to be like, man, I know I did it once. <laughs> She's right back there, I'm telling you, honey, I have done it many times. <laughs> but don't tell a man he's never changed a diaper because in my heart, I knew I wanted to, <laughs> so therefore I know I did. <laughs> and you're not changing my mind. Amen. It's amazing how it works. It's amazing how a simple thought. It's amazing how, how a simple attitude can change everything in our lives. Good or bad. Walking with God. Living our lives for Jesus Christ. How many of us in this place today, we're going to have a time of prayer afterwards. Uh, I'm going to give you a chance to, to just talk to God. I don't want to know your dirty laundry. I don't want to know what's going on in your life. I promise you that. But God does. God wants you to say, God, this is who I am, even though you already know me, God. This little attitude that I carry everywhere I go, Lord, I need you to deal with it. God says, yeah, I've been waiting for you to say that to me. Because God can't slap you around until you put your face out there and let him slap you. You say, why are you saying that? Well, because I've had many slaps in my life. I know what it's like. I know what I'm talking about today because I understand that at times when we let the flesh get a hold of who we are or who we think we are. You say, well, I don't think I'm anybody. Well, start telling a story about who you, how you used to be when you were tough in the back days. You know, when you were walking the streets and you walked through a dark alley one time. Man, you'd be like, man, I was, my, 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 my wife, she loved me. My wife, I love to tell the story how on our 4th of July one year we were walking down the street and firecrackers going off, but we were in K-Land in Colorado Springs. And if you don't know, Landon's laughing because he knows what K-Land is. K-Land is a drug-infested, gang-banging area in Colorado Springs, if you could ever imagine it being in a small city like that. But it's a rough area of town. Every time a firework would go off, we'd be like, man, what's going on here? My wife was like, holding on tight. And now when we talk about that story, she says, oh, I was just walking down that street holding on to my man's hand. Oh, he was protecting me and made me feel all big. I'm, I'm puffed up while she's talking, man. He just protected me. No, I was scared to death. 
Who shall Lord, help me, God. Give me strength, oh God. The prayers that we pray underneath our breath, I'm telling you something, they could move the hand of God if we would just open up our mouth, if we would speak it out, if we would give him glory. Hallelujah, amen. But it's amazing what happens to us, this false evidence that appears to be real. And this is exactly where Satan specializes in his ministry how to affect our lives the way he does. Making something uh, appear real, making you think that something is there that is not really there. It's not really happening in your life. Or taking a real situation uh, and through falsehood uh, and through deception, making it appear to be something uh, that it's really not. To make it something that it's really not. The devil, I want you to know this morning, uh, has been defeated. Glory to God. Can you say it with me? The devil has been defeated. My goodness, that was weak. Let's say it again. The devil is defeated. Praise God. That's what you need to do in the mornings when you wake up. And you need to tell yourself, devil, you're defeated. No, don't tell yourself that. But I look in that mirror every morning and I say to the devil, you know what, devil? You're defeated in Jesus' name. You have no power. You have no authority. Yes, I'd said it right. Uh, I talk to myself in the mirror almost every single day of my life. Uh, I get up and I say, I'm going to have a good day, Gino. It's going to be wonderful. Amen. I tell myself, I say, oh, Mr. Mario, today's going to be a rough day because, you know, oh, you're just going to go do one bid and you're going to fail. Oh, and you're just going to go do another and it's not going to work out the way you thought. No, 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 no. I don't speak death into my life. I speak victory into my life. I say, hey, hey, buddy, we're going to go and have a good day today. We're going to go and shout. We're going to go and pray. We're going to go and give glory to God. And, Lord, whatever it is that you have for me, Lord, I'm going to walk right into it because you said it in your own word. He'll bless us. If we decide that we want to be blessed by God, but of course we have to serve him. We have to live for him. Amen? Colossians 2.15, it says this. And having spoiled principalities and, and powers, he made a shoe of them openly, openly, triumphing over them in it. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Did you catch that? It shall not have, sin shall not have dominion over you. Glory to God. See, if we serve God today, we have dominion and we have power over the devil. We have dominion and power over the sin that comes against our lives. Amen? Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says, Behold, I give unto, the, un, unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions uh, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I don't understand what a Christian can believe and read in the Bible and read that scripture and not, not know that, that no matter what you do, as long as you're serving God and right with him, that no, uh, oh, man, I'll tell you what, that, that scripture right there is so powerful. Serpents and scorpions. You ever seen a serpent? You ever been in a field? I remember one time I was working on a window, and, and I, I opened the window, I popped out the screen, and I put the screen up against the window well in Colorado Springs. They got basements there, so the window well was there, and I put the screen up against the window well, and right as I grabbed the window and closed it, a snake, a rattlesnake, hit the window on the outside. I never even saw it. I never knew it was there. I just know that I popped the screen out, uh, went to close the window, and right when my hand crossed that snake's face, it struck that glass and hit it about five times. That's a serpent. Amen? 
another time I was in Phoenix, Arizona, and, and for those who don't know, I, 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 I clean windows for a living, and, and uh, I, was, I was working in Phoenix, and I opened up uh, the, the blinds of these people's house. They were wooden sh- shutters, and, and it was really hot. It was a hot day, probably 115, 120 degrees outside. And, and I opened up the shutters, and I opened up all the draperies, and I reached up there to grab something, to push something up while I was pulling the string, and a, a scorpion jumped out onto my hand. I mean, you know, when you get a scorpion, it's one thing to see a scorpion running away from you, but it's another one when you see a scorpion jump from somewhere onto you. Let's just say I was a little schoolgirl running through the park. <laughs> ah, I can't even do it right now. My voice is gone. But you know what? Serpents and scorpions, those are wicked things. Those are, you know, you might love animals, and I'm sorry if you do, but I'm just saying, you know, I don't want nothing to do with a serpent or a scorpion, especially the serpent. Amen? You can put a scorpion around me most of the time, I'll be all right. But you put a snake around me, I'll tell you what, ain't nothing good about a snake. People, oh, look at my snake. No, no, no. Get that devil away from me. Get that devil away from me. I don't want nothing to do with it, amen? But we have power. We have dominion. The temptation cannot come into my life because I have power and authority over that, over that temptation. I've got authority. We need to use the authority that God has given us. You see, he has no way to hurt us or destroy us, but his goal is to make you to destroy yourself. You say, well, God can use me. I mean, the devil can use me to destroy myself. Absolutely. The devil, if you're serving God, has no power to destroy you. But he can throw his schemes at you. He can throw his schematics, uh, all of his little pa- plans and his patterns. Uh, and he can, he can put it into your life somehow where it makes it seem really, really nice. I tell the story about Pastor Paul one time. He worked, uh, he worked uh, at, a, at a, an ice cream store in the mall. And some of you remember the story, but he worked there at this place, and uh, the, the owners trusted him right away. He was a, he was a good young man, and, and the owners trusted him. He had him there working one night, and the guy comes in to buy his cake. He says, he says hey, I'm here to pick up my cake. And, and Pastor Paul says, all right, well, let me go in the back and take a look at it. I'll go get it from the back. And he goes into the back room, and he, he goes into the cooler, and he comes out. He says, sir, I don't, I don't see your cake. The guy's like, oh, my goodness, you don't understand this. We ordered this cake two, three weeks ago. We've already called. They said it was prepared. Uh, everything's good. And so, so what happened is Pastor Paul knew in his mind that he had already sold the cake. He didn't realize he sold somebody's cake, but he sold somebody's cake. And so he tells the guy, he says, sir, listen, no problems at all. You know, your cake's not here, but I, it's okay. We got a display cabinet over here. I got a cake in here you're going to love. He says, this cake is awesome. It looks, everybody makes comments about this cake every single day. They think it's beautiful. It's got the perfect colors on it. It's going to be the perfect cake for your son or for your daughter. I promise you that. And he convinced this guy, okay, it's going to be all right. I I don't get my cake I ordered, but I'm going to get another cake. At least I get to go home with a cake. Amen? Pastor Paul, he's like, he sells this guy the cake, boxes it up, sends it on home with him. Oh, my goodness, the next day there was a problem. The guy calls in. He, matter of fact, he comes into the store and he says, listen to me. Young man, this cake that you sold me, it's not cake. It's a, it's a lard cake. It was only a display. So can you, can you imagine it was false evidence appearing to be real in one way or another? 
I mean, the cake looked beautiful. It looked wonderful. It looked delicious. How many, I can see you all right now drooling. Some of you got napkins out wiping your face because you want a piece of cake right now. But I guarantee if you got home and you sliced that cake up for your child's birthday party and it was a lard cake, you would have a different attitude in the morning. Amen? It's kind of like the attitude some of us men get when our wife cooks something we don't want to eat. That was a perfect time for you to say, huh? Honey, I've never done that. Don't look at me like that. Amen? We're pretty spoiled, aren't we? When's the last time you got up and cooked for your wife? I know there's a lot of men in this church that cook for their wives too, and that's a good thing, amen? But listen to me. I'm talking about some things where it's, a, it's an optical illusion in your life, where it might seem like it's something, but in all, all together, it's totally something different, amen? So he wants you to destroy yourself, and he can cause you to believe a, a lie that he will cause you to, believe, to, to destroy yourself. And when you do that, it also causes you to give up on your hopes. And then it causes you to give up on your dreams and your desires and your visions, your promises from God. And you will walk away grieving, I said grieving, never realizing that you are acting on a lie. You know, it would be real easy for us to just say, you know what, I'm going to let the whole world just walk on me and, and, and trample on me and just say whatever they want to say to me. You know, if that was the case, many years ago, I would have given up in ministry. Many years ago, I would have given up on marriage. I would have given up on child raising. I would have given up on a lot of things uh, just because somebody had said to me at one time in my life uh, that I would never be a good father because of who my father was. I'll never amount to anything in life because of the way I've been through things in my life. You know, you look up at me right now and you see a man in a, in a, in a suit, uh, dressed up with his hair combed, uh, which doesn't happen too often, amen? I'm just kidding. But, you know, we clean up well when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. But you don't have to live a life uh, based on the statistics that people say who you should have been. Amen? Because the Bible says different. It says that we are more than conquerors through Christ. Amen? Through, through Jesus Christ. You and I, we have an ability to do something greater than, than even who or what we really are in our own life. Never realizing that we are acting on a lie. How many people do you know that because they were told they'd never learn anything, they'd never do this, they'd never do that? They never amounted to a whole lot because of what they heard in their life. See, this is exactly what happened to Jacob in our passage today. As we read that scripture, Joseph's brothers, uh, they had thrown him into a pit, uh, sold him into slavery. And we know the rest of the story. Essentially, they rid themselves uh, of this problem of having a younger brother who was just so much more highly favored than they were. How many know when jealousy and anger and bitterness creeps in that we're all in trouble? And here they are, they're trying to figure all this stuff out, but they were jealous of him. But one problem remains. What are they going to tell their father about this situation? Isn't it amazing when the devil puts a circumstance in front of you, he always has his own answer for it. Always has his own excuse for it. That doesn't just make it happen, but he tells you why it happened. Because you messed up. Because you didn't show up on time. Because, you know, you lost that great job because, you know, you just didn't say the right thing or, or, you, or you didn't have the right answer. Many times people are taking these exams to be doctors and, and lawyers and all these different things. And you know what? God has perfect timing for everything. 
You need to know that. You need to understand that. Uh, you might not have passed the test today, but I got news for you. You're going to pass the test. Glory to God. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, I know it because I've passed many tests that I shouldn't have passed. I remember a time I was in, a, in, a, in an orchestra in school, and I was playing the saxophone. And it was a Beethoven song we were playing, and I was, a, I, was an, uh, a bear, a, I was an alto. No, not the alto, the next one, the tenor. I was a tenor saxophonist, and I was probably the 900 chair out of three. Because they said I was no good, because they said I would never do it, because they said, you know, I couldn't afford an instrument, because they said this and because they said that. And I was just so dumb, I believed it. Amen? I know none of you are like that ever. I know everybody, you're on top of the world here. But me, that's what happened to me. And I told my instructor the whole time, I said, listen, I can't get it. I can't, I can't do this. I can't stand up in front of people. You see, you see me here talking to you today. I am stage fright. I, I really am. I, I'm, I promise you. I'm scared to death to get up in front of people. And I'm, I'm telling you what, I was there, and I, I told this instructor, I said, I can't do it. I'm so scared. Fear began to creep in on me. He says, don't worry about it. Just stand up with the other two seats and just act like you're playing. Have a good time. I said, my goodness, I defeated the devil there. Yeah, I'm a cool cat now. I just got to stand up. Oh, I just got to act the part. I just got to act like I'm playing and let these cool cats over here that know what they're doing, let them play the song. Amen? Paul, you know the rest of the story. It came time in that orchestra, in that song, where the Beethoven song, da -na -na -na. and guess what? When we stood up, nobody stood up but me. I was the only, and you know what? I called myself a jack-o'-lantern that day because I looked like one, standing there like a scarecrow in front of that whole crowd right there, and they're expecting me to play this song. And it was like, and that's exactly what I did. I started to play it like I was doing it on purpose. I just started playing that instrument, and I'm telling you what, the entire crowd, there must have been 1,500 people in that auditorium, and they were laughing, they were dying, they thought it was a setup, but I'm telling you something, God was with me that day because I was right with him, and I didn't know the song, I didn't understand the song, nor could I play the instrument that I was holding in my hands. And by the end of the night, they were, they were coming up to me. Oh, my goodness, that was awesome. You did so good playing that off. It was wonderful. It was a great time. We had the best time we've ever had in our entire lives. And I was like, I'll never do that again. You ain't never put an instrument in front of me. I'm telling you what, I'll never portray. I'll never stand up and act like I can do something that I can't do. Hallelujah. It ain't happening. But I'm going to tell you something. When you're walking with God, God will give you the right answer. He'll give you the right answer. I remember a time. I'm going to tell one more story because this one is good. We were in Costa Rica pastoring a church, and we were planting a new church in, in, uh, in a new area. It was called Alawalita. Alawalita. Man, that's a hard name to say. And I was barely learning Spanish, and we were planting this church. We were going to pioneer this work there. It was on this dangerous road. We curved around, and we were scared to death going in there. Drug addicts all over the streets, people all over, prostitutes everywhere. And, I mean, it was a right place for God to move in a, in a community. And we're past, we're, we got about 20 people on this little outreach we're doing, and, and we're, we're, we're coming through. I got my, my Spanish interpreter and my teacher, the one that I had to pay for three years to teach me Spanish because I suffered. 
It was the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life to learn Spanish. And here's this, and she says, I want to go to this uh, outreach with you guys to plant your new church. And I said, glory to God, come. And these are people who are, who are well off. She ain't never been to a community like that and gone into the streets like we did. And here she is. Uh, she's with us, and, and the ladies go off ahead of us. My wife is, is, is up there. She got about 20 feet ahead of us, then 30 feet, then 40 feet. She's brave. Every time I'd stop and preach to somebody on the streets or with the guys, they're up there walking off further and further. They get so far off, I'm scared to death. I'm saying, we got to get up there and watch these girls. we got to protect our wives. Finally, we get all the way up there. We run, we catch up to them, and there's these guys standing there with Uzis and machine guns and, and, and these hand pistols that were bigger than I've ever seen in my life. And they're standing there at this drawbridge grate that lifts up and down like this. And they said, they said I got news for you. He said, I want to tell you something, young man. He said, your wife is crazy. He said it just like that in Spanish to me. He says, your wife is crazy. And I said, oh, yeah, tell me something I don't know. He said, that woman came over here, and she told us that we were going to lift this drawbridge up, and we were going to open up this pathway so that they could go in there and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody that lives in this community. I said, okay, where are they? He says, they're already gone. She didn't give us a choice. He said, but I want you to know, sir, he says, we closed down every single church that's in this community. We boarded up the windows. He says, we've locked it down. Nobody can go in and nobody can go out. He says, there are legions in this place. There are people who are demon-possessed. There are people in this place that need your guys' help. And we have not let any other church come into this place because we've never felt the power of God that was in the woman that walked up to us that day. Yeah. I can exaggerate the story a lot because it was a powerful moment of our lives that day. I could exaggerate a lot. Matter of fact, we never ended up even renting that building. It was such a, such a very difficult situation, and we got robbed of the money and everything we were, that we were going to pay the rent. I'm telling you something. The devil, he had a different uh, approach. Uh, he was trying to steal our joy. He was trying to take our happiness away. He was trying to take what God had for good uh, and make it bad. Uh, but I got news for you. We walked into that place, and we found victory in God. Hallelujah. He opened up doors for us to go to another place, and we began to, to minister and to win souls for Jesus Christ. Amen. That's where this guy walked in the door, and I'm preaching a sermon. We started a church in La Pacifica. It's another area. We started this church, and, and I'm sitting there, and uh, I'm preaching to my family. It's my kids and my wife. And, I mean, I'm telling them, you know, uh, you know, you're a big old sinner, Carson. Landon, you need to give your life to Jesus. Uh, Deonza, you need to submit to your husband. I was telling you, you need to cook and clean, and you need to just be that woman that God wants you to be. And, and all my kids, I mean, I'm going down the list, and I'm just like, oh, man, what a, what a failure this is. No people. Pastor John, you know what I'm talking about. You're, gonna, you're about to know for sure. Pastor Nestor, Pastor Jerry, these three men, they just answered the call of God to go pastor a church. And there's one already left last week. We are a church planting church. We send out our best. Glory to God. You say, well, thank God I'm not the best. Yeah, you are our best. Hallelujah. And I'm not looking at nobody, so I don't want you to get crazy with me. And I'm preaching in this church, and I'm, I'm dealing with these people, and they're like my kids. That's all that's there. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm a failure. God, we outreached. 
God, we passed out flyers. We hit these parks up. We went everywhere walking. Man, we acted like we were feeding ducks when we were just trying to give a track to somebody. We acted like we could play basketball when we were just trying to give a track to somebody. And we did all this stuff. We put all the work into it, and there was no result. Nobody came to church. And I'm a big baby. <laughs> Nobody loves me. God, where are you? Why me, God? Why, Lord, you sent me here to do something great for you. Why can't you start now? We get all the way done. We, we worshiped. We sang. We did the offering. Shook the basket in front of all my kids. Got all their coins. Got all my wife's money or my money out of my wife's purse. Get to the preaching. Almost done. And at the very, 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 very bottom, of the gate. I don't even have keys. I can't make no noise. Anybody got keys? You can make some noise. Come on, make a noise. Shake that bag all over the place. Shake it, shake it, shake it. I heard at the bottom of the stairs, I heard a noise. I said, oh, God, thank you, Jesus. I said, we're going to start this church service all over again. We're going to do it again. And I started to preach again, started the whole sermon over again. And they were like, oh, Lord, what is he doing? But little did we know that this man that walked up those stairs was an alcoholic. He stumbled up those stairs. Marvin, Gisela, you know. Sabe muy bien lo que pasó allí. Un drogadicto entró. He entered this place, walked up to that stairway, walked around the corner, poked his head around. He was so ashamed of him. He was so ashamed of his lifestyle. He was so ashamed of how he let the devil destroy his life. That's why we're here today, so the devil cannot destroy your life today, amen? He walks around that corner. He's looking at us. He, he, he speaks around the corner. I said, brother, God bless you. Come in. I ran to the back of the church, and I grabbed him, put my arms around him. I held him. Listen, this man was in no condition to be hugged. He had urine all over his clothes. He had slept in the streets for many days. I can't even tell you. It could be years. When God sent me there, God said, I'm going to stir you up. He says, I'm going to shake you up. And you know one way God does that is he puts a dirty, smelling, urine-infested man in your arms to hold on to. I, I, did, I did not understand it. The pain in my heart to know that I was even that way. I wouldn't want to run into somebody who I was years ago. That man grabbed me and held me, snotted down my shirt, my suit, sobbing down my clothes. I was soaked. I was dirty. I was filthy. Paul and Brenda know they were there almost right after that time. And they saw these, these conditions uh, that some of these drug addicts live in. And, and this man walked in. I started preaching and sat him right down, moved the kids over and everybody sat him right down in front of everybody. This man gave his life to Jesus Christ. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. Not only did he give his life to Jesus Christ, but guess what? Everything that the devil had stolen from him, God began to restore in his life. Here comes his wife. Here comes his family. Here comes this one. Here comes that one. Someone that knew him. Oh, my goodness. This man could get saved. If God can save this one, if God can save David, God can save anybody. Amen. I love you, David. But that man, God began to show his hope and his love for his life. 
God began to show this man that, that there was hope for him, there was future, that there was a destiny for his life. Uh, and I'm telling you something, many mo- about a month later, we get a phone call, and it's in the middle of the night, and he calls me. He says, Pastor, he says, you got to get over here fast. Uh, he says, there's a flood. It's coming through. And if you don't know Costa Rica, when it rains, it rains. It rains so bad you can't even go outside. And the rain was coming through, and the rivers changed direction. They make their own paths, and this river came through their homes and destroyed their houses. And we had just given them a pop-up bed for their baby to sleep in. And their baby would be sleeping off of the ground because they never knew what was going to happen. And they called us that night. They found their baby in the other section over here that was all tore down, floating in that pop-up bed on this rushing, gushing river of water. Let me tell you something. That was not by accident. That was not just by chance. That was not just something that happened. It was orchestrated by God. To, we don't understand. God didn't cause that baby to almost drown. God didn't cause that flood to destroy those houses. But God allowed them to go through these circumstances in their life so he could show them how real he was. Hallelujah. How he was at work in their life. How the plan of God was still alive in their life. His brothers had thrown him in this pit and sold him into slavery to rid themselves of this problem. And here we got this, their tactics, where they dipped their brother's distinctive coat in this blood of this animal, and they brought it back to their dad. And notice in the scripture what, 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 what he said. He said, here's a coat that we found. We don't know if it's your son's or not. Only you would know. Here's Jacob's response. He said, oh. And he knew it and said, it is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. You see, the enemy of Jacob, which in this particular case was his own sons, presented itself false false appearance, false evidence appearing to be real. He believed it. The evidence was incorrect, but it was real enough uh, to, to make Jacob respond with defeat. He rent his clothes, his clothes and mourned. He began to see the end of a life of his child. And, and all of a sudden, you can imagine how that would change you, your character, who you are, or even what your goals are. But if someone could have just gotten to Jacob... If somebody could have just gone to him and said, like when your pastors uh, speak in your life and say, listen, don't do this. Or when your pastor calls you and says, hey, where were you? We missed you on Wednesday night in church. Uh, listen, there's a lot of deadbeat churches in this city that, that, that close their doors, even on Sundays these days. They figure they can have a, uh, you know, they can collect an offering even online. Listen to me. This is not about money to us. It's not just paying a bill. It's not just paying the rent. Uh, Listen, God will take care of all those things. uh, But let me tell you what it is. Uh, It's God uh, being faithful to us uh, because we are faithful to him. Glory to God. It's walking in his presence. Uh, It's being in his will. Can you imagine if they'd just gotten to Jacob and they would have told him, Jacob, it's not what it looks like. It's not. Your promise is not dead. It's in the process. Oh, hallelujah. It's in the process of being fulfilled so it can save your life later on in life. Amen? Your dream is not over. Your dream is just beginning. I said your dream is not over. It's just beginning. Praise God. 
See, what God has promised you is not dead today. It's alive, and it's the process of bringing about a victory that you can't even imagine in your own life. It's big. Hallelujah. It's, it's glorious. Thank God for that. Don't let your enemy make you jump to conclusions this morning. Don't let your enemy destroy your joy and your faith. Uh, or, listen to me. Stand on the promise of God. Uh, stand on the promise uh, that God has given you. It's not over. Amen? It's not over. You say, well, I messed up too many times. Uh, well, welcome to the club. Glory to God. But don't let it be over. Don't let it be your last opportunity Take advantage of what God is doing for you in your life. See, it's not what it looks like. It's false evidence appearing to be real. But God has not given us the spirit of what? He's not given us a spirit of fear. But he's given us the spirit, the power, the love, and a sound mind. That means we can make wise decisions in our life. That means that we, we have enough control of what's going on in our life because of our salvation that we can help get through those trials and tribulations. I want to close as our musicians are making their way forward this morning. It's the job of the enemy to get us to focus on the problems. It's the job of the enemy to get you to focus on your circumstances this morning. He wants you to sulk. He wants you to stress. He wants you to worry. Let me tell you something. The lack of money that's in your bank account right now. The devil wants you to think about those things. The lack of spiritual hunger on behalf of our families. Oh, my kids, they're not hungry for God like we are. No, listen, we need to be the better example to our kids. You say, oh, we've done all we can. No, you haven't. The problem is, is most parents bring their kids to Sunday school for an hour on Sunday morning, and they think that that's what's going to fix their kids. I got news for you. It does not fix your kids. You can bring them to Sunday school all day long, and it's going to be wonderful for them, but if you go home and act like the devil, guess what? You deserve a butt whooping. Can I get a bigger amen? amen. Hallelujah. Listen, God has a very mysterious way of putting us where he needs us to be. He'll deal with our hearts. He will. He, I promise you, he'll deal with it. And I got news for you today. You know, many people are thinking, well, I'm sick in my body. I've got a sickness. The devil, the, the, the doctors gave me an evil report. Listen, I got an evil report years ago, and I'm still alive. In our church in Costa Rica, they used to come to me and say, Pastor, I'm dying on August 15th. I said, what are you talking about? They say, yeah, we went to the doctor the other day, and they told me I got cancer. It's terminal. I'm dying on August 15th, and I'm just coming to say goodbye for the very last time. I said, I got news for you. The report of the Lord says you are healed. Huh? So finally, after many times, my wife and I got to talking about this. We said, we got to keep these people from going to their doctor's appointment. That's all we got to do. Pastor, I'm, I'm, I, I, they told me I'm dying. I'm, I'm dying in three weeks. Oh, glory to God. I'll tell you what, in three weeks, don't go to your doctor's appointment. Come to the church. We're having a potluck on that day. The day you're supposed to die. The day you're going to, you know, the day that they tell you what time is your appointment, 
Nine in the morning, no problem. We'll be at the church out in front. We'll set up tables. We'll give coffee and donuts out front. You're not going to die. Guess what? They didn't die. Now, am I standing here telling you that doctors are killing people? I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm here to tell you. I promise you, that's not, where my, that's not where my heart is. That's not what I'm saying to you today. But you know what? If you want to believe the report of the doctor, if you want to believe the report of the, of the devil, now I'm not saying the doctor and the devil are the same people. That's not what I'm saying. I love doctors. Doctors are smart people. Except for the one that did my, my brain surgery. I had a cyst in my brain, next to my brain. It was, caused a lot of problems. She said, oh, I'll cut that surgery. She said, sir, we'll get that surgery done, taken care of. You'll be fine. I said, praise God, nothing to worry about? She said, no, nothing to worry about. Weeks go by, months go by, I'm still sicker than a dog. Woohoo! I went to the doctor again, a different one. Pastor Blake and Pastor Jones, Pastor Blake was already there. Pastor Jones flew in. We all went into that doctor's office that day. I said, ma'am. We got a problem here. I'm still feeling sick. She says, well, I cut that cyst out. I took it out. The surgery's done. It's over. But she said something to me while I was laying on that whatever bed they brought me out of that operating room. And she said something to me as the patient. Been asleep for hours. As I'm coming out, she says, we gave all of your medical paperwork to your wife. So afterwards, I asked her, where's our paperwork? Where's all my, my scans and all my tests? She said, oh, they never gave them back to me. You know, she thought I was dumb, like the rest of the world did. We said, no, we're going to get a game plan here. We're going to go back to another doctor, get a second opinion. We're going to get some more scans taken. We're going to get some more pictures taken. And we're going to go back in there, and we're going to talk. So we went to that woman, and we said, listen, I'm still in pain. I'm still hurting. She says, I, I cut it out. Pastor Jones says, is that right? Well, let me show you the pictures we have right here. She says, we had, we had, he said, we had some more scans taken, and here's the cyst still in the same place with no port of entry into that place where that cyst was, and it's still there. Same size, same everything. And she says, well, don't worry. If it's still there, I'll, I'll do it again for free. He said, ma'am, do I got stupid written across my forehead? Pastor Blake, six foot four, big old man. Me and Pastor Jones, we stood up. That woman was looking up at us like this. We stood up, walked out of that place. Did we let the devil defeat us? Oh, I'm going to be sick the rest of my life. No. I got victory in Jesus' name. Oh, by, the, by his stripes. I said, by his stripes. You might have to say it more than once. Lord, are you listening to me, God? You said by your stripes, Jesus, that I'm healed. By that blood shed on Calvary's cross, I'm saved today. There's hope for me today. Oh, I know I'm an, I'm an unreal cuss. I know that I get myself into a lot of trouble in my life. But, but God, do you see me here, Lord? Do you see what I'm doing? God, I'm trying. And if you're trying, you're making it. If you're fighting, you're winning. Can I get a bigger amen? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes all over this place this morning in reverence to God. You see, the devil's report says to us today that we're sick in our bodies. He says there's no way that you'll ever recover. But the report of the Lord, 
It says different, Isaiah 53, 5, but he, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, he says. The chastisement uh, oh, of, oh my goodness, of, of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. What a powerful scripture for us. The devil's report says that you're broke and that God has forsaken you. God doesn't care about you. Oh, I'm telling you, the devil's report says, God, he doesn't care two cents about you. You're going to lose everything. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your, your cars. You're going to lose everything. But the report of the Lord says in Psalms 37, 25, yeah, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. The devil will even say that you're bound to your addiction. You'll never be free. But the report of the Lord says, Romans 12, 2, he says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Whatever the situation is in your life this morning, whatever fear you're facing, whatever false evidence has been placed in front of you this morning, you need to remember that God is faithful. You need to remember that God is more than faithful. And the promises that he has made, they have not died in your life. I promise you that. It is still alive in your life. That is the God we serve. It may appear to be dead, but in reality, it's in process. <laughs> it's in process. And you're going to see the fulfillment of that promise because God cannot lie. I said our God cannot lie. All over this place today, you're here today. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. I'm away from the Lord. I've got sin in my life. And I'm sick and tired of running from myself. I'm sick and tired of running from my abilities and who I think I am. And I need you to be my Savior this morning. If that's you and you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, just put your hand up. Put it up and put it right back down. Praise God. I see these hands. How many more? All over this place. I see these hands. Come on. Put it up high. Put it up high. Thank you. Thank you. How many more from front to back, left to right? You're here, you say, I'm not saved, I'm away from God. I, I, I once believed in God, I lived for Him, I served Him. But today, I'm so far away from the things of God. Today's my day to come back to the Lord. If that's you, just put your hand up. Put it up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. Please, don't let this moment step by. Thank you, Jesus. I see these hands. How many more? I'm going to change the order of service in just a moment. Maybe you're in this church, you've been here for years. And you're saying to me this morning, you say, Pastor, there are some things in my life that I know are not pleasing to God. There's some thoughts. There's some actions. There's some things that I don't do that I need to do. Maybe pray and read your Bible. Maybe talk to God more than just when you're in trouble. You say, Pastor, I've been afraid. I've been running. I'm scared of this or I'm scared of that. And I don't know where to go. My finances are in shambles. I, I, my, my marriage is in trouble. 
And I want what you're talking about today. I want to be free. No matter what your circumstance is this morning, just lift your hand up if that's you. Put it up and put it right back down. Don't be afraid. Come on, don't be afraid. Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Let's all stand to our feet. I saw a few hands go up this morning. You're here. I want to pray for you. I, I really I want the opportunity to pray for you. If you lifted your hand, I want you to step down outside these aisles and just come down here. I want to pray for you, please, if you would. This young lady there, young man. Praise God. Come on down here. Parker and Ryan, do me a favor and come down here and just stand with this young man. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. Just stand with him and just be here and let God just use you to minister just in, in your hearts, just in silence. Just pray behind the scene right there for this young man. Young lady right back here, you raised your hand. I want to pray for you. If you'd come down here. Yes, amen. Come on. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. If I can get some ladies to come down. Angela, can you come down with her? Praise God. Don't be afraid. Let me tell you too something. I want to tell you something. This is the best, most important decision you'll ever make in your entire life. This is where the conviction of God says, you know what? This is personal between you and God. It really is. Can I get a couple more ladies to come down here and pray? Just stand right here with these. Oh, God bless you, sir. Come on down here. Yes, I need a few more men to come down and pray. Josh, come on, help me out. Brother, come and help me. You, you and Paul both could come down. Thank God. You know, this is serious business right here. This is serious. And I want to tell you all something this, this very moment. This right now is the beginning of a brand new thing. You know, I can remember the day when my mother was a drug addict. I was a little boy in the church. I was eight years old. My mom came into the church one day and gave her life to Jesus because somebody loved her enough to invite her to a church service. And she was bound by sin. And, and I can't even go into all the sin she was bound by. But there was prostitution everywhere around it. There was drugs, violence. I can't even tell you all the stuff that she was involved in. But it was so deep. She was in a place in her life where she was so hurt. I don't know where you are in your life right now. It could be, it could be that bad or even worse in your own circumstances. Who knows? There's people that are out here right now that didn't have the guts to raise their hand like you did. But you made a commitment to God today. When, when my mother came into that church and gave her life to Jesus Christ, let me tell you what it did. It transformed her. Even to this day, my mother's serving God. My mother is, the doctors have said, they've given my mother an evil report, and I'm here on, on you can call it national television. I'm speaking to the devil out there, too. The doctors gave my mother an evil report and said, she's got Alzheimer's, said she's got this, she's got that. Well, guess what? The report of the Lord says she's healed. And I told my mama one day, I said, Mama, I want you just to relax. She's retired now. She just rests all day. She just has a good old time. I said, Mama, I want you to relax and just take your time and don't worry about nothing. She said, I'm worried. Okay. Go ahead and worry because my mama can throw a left hook that you ain't never seen. And when she said something, she, she meant it. And she said, there are people going to hell out there. She says, and I'm called to preach the gospel. Oh, man. Come on, give the Lord praise. 
That's how God can turn your life upside down. That's just one little example all over this place. You got people praying right behind you that were ex-drug addicts and alcoholics. Amen? But guess what? None of that matters anymore because now it's a testimony that we get to preach, uh, that we get to share with those that are hurting. And I'm telling you something, this is your best day ever right here. Amen? Do you believe that? Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else want to step out and pray this prayer this morning? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you the truth. God is at work. Praise God. God's doing something here. Is there anybody else you want to be a part of this? We're going to pray right now. We're going to ask God to save us all. Let's repeat after me if everybody would in this place. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life to be my personal Savior. Thank you for having me. Thank you for loving me. Forgive me of all my sins. I promise to do better. I will serve you from this moment forward. I will listen to your voice. The conviction of God, I will live with that for the rest of my life. Lord, I ask you to touch me. Make me a brand new person. Set me free from every bondage, from every addiction, every lie of the devil. I take authority over witchcraft, every lie of the devil, in Jesus' name. I am saved. Say it again. I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.